the service here is exquisite despite it being outside mm-hmm. and in the parking lot. Yeah, it's, I think it's all right. It's good that they're taking the precautions because of COVID and stuff. You know, uh, hello, hey, you know. Why don't you come over here and sit with us? gentlemen good afternoon good evening good morning to those listening this is come sit with us i'm mark flores and i'm isaiah martinez i want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode this is episode 17 titled about damn time because it's about damn time we actually get an episode off the ground i want to let the studio audience know that there's a definite gap between the two uh, episodes from, I believe the last episode was in uh, mid-September to now it being November 1st. Just know that we at Come Sit With Us deal with this thing that you, the studio audience, I wish there was a studio audience, that you, the audience, actually (laughs) uh, has as well in the same hand as us. It's called life. Mark's now a father. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> that much has changed from then and now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, maybe to a kid that I don't know about, perhaps. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Jean Claude Van Mark. Yeah. Um, the uh, I was been I've been dealing with uh, dealing with the new job, new location, um, the beautiful traffic coming home. Beautiful. I've been uh, dealing with that actually the same traffic you kind of deal with coming home i know that by the time you exit you're probably dealing with at least an hour worth of traffic but i'm as far back as ball road on the 57 freeway yeah so i deal with at least 30 maybe 45 minutes of extra traffic so me leaving me leaving work at about 4 45 yeah i don't get home till probably about six o'clock what is your tactic for because this is, I mean, after work, sometimes you're feeling kind of tired. I mean, I feel fatigued sometimes after work. And so taking that beating of, you know, going through this devilish traffic is sometimes kind of hard to, to go through without me. Uh, I usually have to get some sort of entertainment. Like I'll have to turn on YouTube or I have to watch something like, you know, I know it's bad. You don't really watch something on, on the road, but I'm saying at least to, like, I need to hear it. I don't know. Do you do anything like that? Is there like... Are you listening through albums or are you listening to podcasts or what do you do? I have, I have a podcast that I uh, listen to religiously. It, it involves an ex wrestling, uh, an ex wrestling manager mm. and his, and his two cents on the modern take of wrestling. Um, I also watch, not watch scare right. quotes. Let me put right. in quotes, <laughs> but I w- listen, uh, watch the nostalgia critic or even Boo! right now you get pulled over. I know exactly right now. <laughs> You admitted it on your podcast, Mark. You're going, you're going the, down the for a long time. The cop that pulled time. you over is listening to this podcast. He's like, actually, I just heard you say you were watching. So I'm it's gonna like use that as it happens evidence. twice. <laughs> he shows up to court, submits the evidence. Uh, At this moment, first... <laughs> your honor, I pulled him over right here. The siren was provided. <laughs> Exhibit A, uh, your honor, is the Darn podcast Darn. take this of is Mark, Mark Flores. announcing that he said. Mark Flores gets caught. <laughs> watching watching youtube while he's driving home i uh i listen to that i also listen to uh a few youtube channels nostalgia critic uh Mm -hmm. uh the angry video game nerd and it's funny that we're talking about this because 
Isaiah, earlier before we went on air uh, here at the Deep End Studios in beautiful Rialto, Do you mind California, if I tell it? Because I, think I, I would love for you to tell. This is why I right. wanted to segue to you. So I've been, it. you know, I've been absent for quite a while myself and doing my own podcasts. And, you know, during this time I've been working out, I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts, been watching YouTube. So I've stumbled upon this guy and his, he goes by the game historian, um, the gaming historian. And he does this great video on Tetris and like how it came about and how it came to be. And I love the style, the way he did it. He went really smooth through it, gave a lot of details, a lot of solid information. I mean, he's talking about the Cold War here. He goes really deep. And so I was I was sharing with Mark. I'm like, you, dude, have you seen this guy, the gaming historian on YouTube? And Mark's like, oh, you mean Norm? Like, <laughs> Mark knows the guy on a first name basis, has a picture with them. Like he has like years of, of uh, they go back all of a sudden, like years back <laughs> of history. I gave him the, oh, you mean Norman? <laughs> and you know i'm all just like I'm he's barely, lost without it yeah i'm barely scratching the surface here barely saw his youtube account and mark already like knows the guy first on a first name basis has a picture with them um the, hilarious so the photo that i showed you <laughs> it's actually a very interesting photo because when i'm when i was doing my rounds over at the um i think it was the game on expo in 2018 mm-hmm. and after the expo, we're all packed up, and it's a, it's a Saturday, so Sunday we still have another another day to do. So mm-hmm. usually in Phoenix, I'll go to the same spots that are local to that convention center, and to grab a bite with friends. So I'm with Romeo and Abel, and we're hungry. So we know that we know those YouTubers on a you know on a mean a quick meet and greet basis. Mm-hmm. But when we were walking over to like a bar to go grab a drink and a bite, we see Norm and these other two guys called the Game Chasers. These The Game Chasers are basically guys from Texas that end up going and hunting video, hunting for video games in the Midwest. So they go in there and we go and do and I, I do my typical schmoozing, but I offer them a beer. I ask them, hey, Jay, Billy, like just because I know their names off the channel. And, and Norm as well. I was like, hey, do you guys want to drink on me? Like, you guys entertain me all the time with your YouTube videos. I'd, f- I'd be delighted to buy you guys a beer. So we ended up doing that and literally got invited to their table to go and just talk it up a little bit. Ca- conversation was all <laughs> casual and stuff. And then um, and it's what- just so funny because, I mean, here I am barely talking about that. I barely stumbled upon his channel, just barely. And you had all this history already, buying him a beer. <laughs> Hanging out with him in Phoenix, out <laughs> of town. Getting all the insight, all the, like, the stuff he do- we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> now you know he drinks beer. He likes Bud yeah. Light. Um, <laughs> so going back to the initial point of, of with uh, what we have going on and come mm-hmm. sit with us. Um, as you guys know, in the previous couple episodes, two weeks and um, a vacation for the ages, uh, you guys do know that I've been going into a bit of a transition with my new job. My new job is not a lo- uh, not as close as my previous one was so it's a lot further out so i'm dealing with the rigors of traffic from orange county coming back home there's a lot going on with that that just like really pressed me for time to just come out reach out with isaiah to get these podcasts done but we're going to put our best foot forward to try to get all these done work i'm looking to get it into a bi-weekly basis because doing it on a weekly basis is going to be a lot more pressing for me 
And with it being for pressing for me, I don't want it to be as pressing as it is for Isaiah, who is the the engineer, the sound guy. He's everything. I just come here, do what I do as a as a as a co-host to come sit with us, and I and I head out, and and that's the one thing I can appreciate from Isaiah. So I don't want to put too much weight on him or myself to get these shows across. So a bi-weekly basis of what we're thinking about to get these shows uh, done here on Come Sit With Us. So. Um, that's what we're going to pretty much have going, uh, going forward. You know, what I feel is funny is like when we ever go off track a little bit or something happens or there's a change up in our life or whatever, the more time, I feel like the time amounts more and more so much. So where it's like harder to do an episode again, it's kind of like, you know, like if for those, just for an analogy, like, you know, you're working out consistently and it's no biggie to go to the gym or whatever. And then if you, if you miss, you know, the gym a couple of days or something, it becomes harder to do for me. I feel like so much time has passed since like the last episode we've done here. And also on uh, the deep end, I feel like, um, it's almost harder to do, uh, an up ep- or step back into it again, even though the heart's there, like for myself, for you, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, like, I, I think that these changes or the break that we did have is still good for us because we, we have to adjust to it at the same time. Cause things do happen. Like, you know, you got a fresh new job. It's a good thing. And it's just, you know, it's a little bit of an adjustment, but, um, I know the heart's still there and there's a lot of things going on too. So at the same time, it's like, we might miss a week or two, but really we haven't missed a beat in reality like what we're we, what we do is we're still going to be continuing to do what we do absolutely to get the ball rolling again in these kind of scenarios whether it be with podcasting and stuff it's it's just a method of getting back into the habit and trying to get it going again i completely understand with that it's it's really it really pains me to miss one week like i would really love to do a weekly I would hate to lose the audience that we have because we go a bi-weekly. I hate to go by, all right? Bi-weekly, guys. <laughs> I hate to go bi-weekly. And I really just want to shoot straight and get it, get it to you guys on a weekly basis. So if there's any way I can have you guys sitting with us on a weekly basis, I'll do it. But bi-weekly for now is what we're looking at. If I have open open periods of time where I can get it done, then I'll get it done. Um, as far as my calendar looks for getting this stuff completed with not mixing it with shows, all the pin expos are kind of kind of dying out now just because November is a slow period till before the holidays show up in December. So I think we'll have a lot more time with that. I'm real optimistic with it. So yeah, we have that going with us. It feels good to be back at the Deep End Studios recording. Come sit with us. I... Doing a show with you, Isaiah, is always a walk in the park with me. Talking with you is a walk in the park with me. I enjoy this. Yeah. Um, and I like how we saved our conversation because we were about to get into a conversation before this episode, but we kind of were able to put that to a halt for a Sometimes second. Sometimes I feel like we should, as soon as we both walk in here, <laughs> the mic should just be hot. And we're, <laughs> live, and we're just, yeah, live, exactly. Live. <laughs> just pull up and just put the headsets on and get yeah. a good show going. But, um, Kind of like the Breakfast Club, how they did that when the, uh, they had like a Birdman like go off on the member. He came oh, yeah. in like they like Charlamagne was like, "Hey, record this. Are we recording? Are we <laughs> yeah, recording?" Exactly. Yeah. When they get when they get live, <laughs> the um, so it being November first, this is the 
closing of one gateway and the opening of another. Damn. And <laughs> Freaking gateway. I know, gateways. I feel like sound like Gandalf. <laughs> the gateway's opening, Frodo. I didn't even know if there was a gateway opening. Dude. Um, <laughs> speaking of gateways and speaking of uh, Frodo, I polished off the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy again. Oh, really? Dude. I was thinking about doing that too. Just oh like rewatching gosh. it. So what'd you think when you went back to Dude, it's, revisit that? It's as good as it was in 2000, in, in the 2000s. Yeah. Oh, remember how it dominated too, oh, dude? It dominated. It, it was the first, uh, well, the Two Towers was the first fantasy mm. epic to take Best Picture. Yeah. I mean, it. Peter Jackson literally sleeps with several <laughs> Academy Awards mm-hmm. uh, based on that trilogy. Um, you know, I think about that trilogy, I think it, it they connected the dots so much where you at least you care about all the action that's going on. You realize that they're fighting for something, you know, and I feel like in contrast, I mean, not to bash Star Wars or anything, but in contrast to the Star Wars trilogy, to me, the new sequels that they've just put out, I feel like there's so much action stuff going on, like, but I don't really care. I'm not as invested in that sequel because I feel like they went in two different directions on two different things that we're trying to accomplish both directors. It made me lose interest in caring about what the action was for. Whereas in Lord of the Rings, I feel like when all this war is going on between this battle and stuff, I feel like I actually care about that because I actually know there's a purpose to everything. And it's all interconnected. And and despite the fact you barely know these characters, because I I wasn't privy to these books before I saw Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. In, In terms of what you bring up too with star Wars. Yeah. So to the people uh, listening to this in the previous episodes, I've mentioned that we uh, Isaiah, myself and Andre will go to the movies together whenever we get a chance to watch a film. Yeah. So we recently did that with tenant, but I'd say the most disappointing time that we went to watch a movie was watching the conclusion of uh, the star Wars, the new star Wars trilogy. Um, We were asking ourselves these questions yeah. That we shouldn't really ask in closure of it. I mean, I still didn't fear Kylo Ren. Yeah. I didn't fear him in yeah. the first, second, or third movie. In the, in the beginning of the first movie, yeah. through the first and second act, I did. And it's unfortunate because like, like we understood, all three of us understood that they were trying to basically try to tie everything up. Because there was so much misdirection. Yeah. They were just trying to clean up. Because there's so many from there's so many holes. Yeah, it went from Ryan Johnson back to J.J. Yeah. Abrams. So we understood that. But it was kind of disappointing, though, that... Disney, they started off with such great characters. Well, the thing that was right in their face, I feel like, is they have Luke. You know, why not make him one of the main parts of the story, you know, to continue the story? And then all these new characters add him on, and then they will continue further. But instead, they took a big risk. They put all these new characters as the main people, you know, and that's fine if you want to do that. But then at least have a better story arc for these characters instead of going in these different directions. And now we have nothing. I've never, I never enjoyed playing a guessing game throughout the second, like if it's a trilogy in the second part of this trilogy, you better get to the, get to the, the very end of a few of these storylines. I was still skeptical on what Finn was about. Yeah. What Poe Dameron was about. And Finn would have been a great story arc. We never had a character from, the perspective of a trooper, right? And he could have felt some kind of way whenever, because there was scenes where they killed troopers and maybe he could have felt a different kind of way killing a trooper since he was a trooper. But instead it, it was like completely emotionless and he was yeah. just like, woohoo! 
whatever. And when he faced off against Captain Phasma, that battle yeah. like literally was three minutes, and then she's dead. Right. One of the coolest stormtroopers I've ever seen just gets done off like that, and she's the captain of the whole the yeah. whole infantry. And also, too, if you're gonna kill off Snook, like, you know, it was I get it. Like, it was for the moment, it was like okay, it was a twist. It was a twist to everything. But then you you leave the third part of that, you know, trilogy, kind of like who's the villain? Because you have nobody. You ha- that's why they had to re um, revive uh, what's his name? Um, yeah, Palpatine comes back. Yeah. And which I mean, I, understand. I feel bad for anyone who hasn't watched these trilogy like these three episodes because yeah. <laughs> we're just dissing oh, yeah, out all kinds of spoilers. But oh, hey, know. you know what? Hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So with <laughs> we went straight into spoilers. So, so with, with what we have, I've never had like with watching um, with watching us. Mm-hmm. We spent two or three hours right after with a few drinks and just talking about how great the movie was. Yeah. In this context, we went to Chili's yeah. with with you know the typical chili service and just yeah. like just being so down on this on on the whole trilogy as a yeah. whole because we all i believe we all three of us watched <clears throat> at least the trilogy either one of us together or whatever but we all all watched it yeah. and man it was just <clears throat> just it was like the same two or three hours but in just like why why didn't they? Yeah. Or like all the questions were like they should have done. Like yeah. <laughs> we were all like that for hours. Really though, just drinking in the sorrows. Really though, and, um, I, and you know I'm a. I mean I'm sure you are too, Mark. But I know myself. I mean after watching the first trilogy with, and then especially Empire Strikes Back, it's like, man, they hit it right on the nail right there. Changed the whole tone of everything. Captured imagination for generations, and then to. To, and even even the even the prequel, if you didn't like the prequel, but it still at least gave you, um, it gave you direction. At least it did add on to the story. You know, still it still gave you something different. Maybe in, uh, same characters, but in a different way. Like I think Obi Wan Kenobi was a whole different side of him we never seen, and we got to see Obi a young Obi Wan Kenobi and what he was about. You know, that was great. Um, but yeah, the new the new trilogy, man. And I hate to even talk negative about any kind of film. I want to talk. The thing is, I want to talk positive about it, but just it's hard to. Yeah, you know? it's completely understandable, man. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you on that 100. I I can imagine a lot of the the audience says the says the same thing because it's really. I mean, I, we can say it's a very lackluster trilogy. The The Force Awakens, great potential to everything. Yeah, you know, you see tremendous potential with the whole the whole uh the whole first episode and then you see a lot of shocking turn points but then the second and the third one come along and it's like man the third one gets its props for jj abrams coming back and just trying to fix everything that uh ryan johnson screwed up on in the middle yeah and it's like oh geez like yeah so i mean in contrast i mean lord of the rings is uh i think um and I've only watched it once through in, through in the movies, you yeah. know, for, but from what I can remember, I at least felt invested and I cared about what was going on in the story, you know, uh, because they paid attention to those details like that. And I've never read the books or anything like that. So this is somebody coming completely new to it, you know, and right. yeah, they did a great job. I feel like, yeah, you know, go, go, going back to the initial point, I once you start talking about Star Wars with me and how bad it was, I mean, <laughs> that deserved that on. conversation yeah. 100%. That's 
definitely an episode worth of just trashing the new trilogy. <laughs> but and into something really good as far as a great trilogy goes. I mean, if you guys have not seen the Lord of the Rings, like even general movie fans out there, I encourage you to to watch the Lord of the Rings trilogies. Um, the trilogies I say too, I haven't seen the Hobbits, uh, the Hobbit trilogies. I haven't seen those yet. So I'm going to do that, but I, I catch myself rewatching those three, uh, the fellowship, the two towers and the return of the King. Like I, I could just breeze through them. And with the hour and a half traffic that I have, I could constantly yeah. polish those off or even just <laughs> yeah, a feature length good, film. That's the good part of traffic Sheesh. there. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I know exactly. Um, I could. I think we can briefly chime in on how good Tenant was. Yeah. We, um, for Andre's birthday uh, on October nineteenth. Happy birthday, Andre! Uh, happy little, birthday, Andre! Yeah. Um, we went and took the guy out for uh, for some food, and we ended up watching Tenant, Christopher Nolan's new film. It was supposed to be this fantastic blockbuster for the summer, but due to what's going on, it it's not. Uh, but oh, tremendous film groundbreaking in the in the tale of time travel i don't Mm -hmm. want to bore the audience too much because there's only so much i can say and i know there's so much only you can say about it but yeah i encourage you guys to go in with an open mind with tenant and it it requires your full attention i'm talking like cell phone on silent don't even have it on vibrate you need your full attention on this film just to get somewhat of a grasp it is going to require multiple viewings just because of how good it is. You know, um, I, 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 different type of uh, time travel type of movie I've seen in, uh, and understanding what's going on. Like, like you said, it does take your attention. So, um, you know, you definitely want to be eyes glued to, to the movie screen when you, when you're watching this. Um, but great film. I feel like um, it brought something different, something that we haven't seen. I, I mean, I feel like he's always bringing something different, you know, which is cool. Yeah. I, I, love, I love that about him. But um, uh, so this movie, I feel like it's pretty fun to also break down and also like keep track and, and see what's going on here, because there could be moments where a person could be uh, existing in this world. Like he could have like four different versions of himself existing at the same exact time even. Um, but those are the those are things that you can later on try to understand with the timeline and stuff and where that, where that can happen. Uh, but, uh, yeah, go ahead, Mark continue what you were going to say about it. Yeah. What, um, what I wanted to close off with tenant is, um, adding to what Isaiah mentioned as well. This is going to be something different from Christopher Nolan, probably his most dense film because he doesn't really give you a lot of education, uh, for example, the most education that he's probably given the audience uh, would have to be Inception, mm-hmm. because yeah. the character that uh, the character that Cobb played uh, was giving all the information to the person um, to the young lady that was in the film. I forget her name and uh, her name, but she he was educating her along the way on how the world of Inception worked and how these different layers worked. Mm-hmm. Basically, she was being the uh, the vehicle for us in this movie. Yeah. And Tenant, there's barely a vehicle for us to be with. Um, the the gentleman played uh, by John, uh, the gentleman named the protagonist by John David Washington. 
is the vehicle that we have in this film and I'm just leaving it at that. You know, it kind of reminds me of uh, Memento a little bit because you're kind of going back. Sometimes you're, 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 you're going backwards in this movie. And so it kind of reminds me of that because in, in Memento, you don't really know what's going on at first. And you're kind of like, what, what, what hap- what's happening? And you're, you're also figuring it out as you go along. And I feel like in this movie, it's kind of similar to, to that because you're trying to piece this together as you're going along too. And you're not really sure what's, um, what's happening at sometimes. And, and then you start to later see like there'll be moments where they'll go back in time and stuff like that and revisit, you know, the past. Um, but a very interesting concept. I never seen anybody. Yeah. I don't know if this is an original idea or where this idea came out for that concept of time travel like that, but definitely a, a new concept I've, I've come across. I've never seen that before. I hope uh, a lot of people out there listening in on, uh, and sitting with us will actually, uh, end up uh, watching Tenet. I strongly recommend it. So it was cool going back into the theaters again too, because this is the first time after I don't, I don't even remember the last movie I seen. It, it's Dude, been a while. I can't it, it's been yeah. a while since the last movie we all saw collectively. I think uh, collectively, I think the last one we've all saw together was the last Star Wars movie. Yeah, I think, I think you're so. Right. Because I think it was us, between that and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is one of those two. Oh yes, that's right. It might, yeah. Because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out in on, during Christmas, right? It was one of the Christmas I think releases. So. Anyway, yeah. Um, once again, we want to thank you guys for tuning in to another great episode of uh, Come Sit With Us. This is episode 17 titled About Damn Time. Uh, we also want to bring up the point. This is a great moment for all you Southern Californians out there because two of the cornerstone franchises of these major sports, which happen to be LA based have won their respective titles. I'm talking about mm-hmm. the, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Dodgers, both within close proximity mm-hmm. of within each other. Um, the Lakers, uh, the Lakers ended up uh, beating the, uh, the Miami heat in what was the series? Was it four, two, it's four two, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was four two. Um, man, LeBron it only took LeBron two seasons to bring a title back to LA. Yeah, I and, mean, you know, I am, I am, um, I'm one of those who who understood the resentment or understood the resentment to LeBron James when he came to LA, but I the difference with me was that I still had put the Lakers franchise over my feelings towards LeBron. So for me, I was happy to still have LeBron on the team and everything. Um, And I know, you know, my appreciation for Kobe, you know, is Kobe's been the reason why we appreciate him so much is because we, we watched this guy grow up from a kid to, you know, and being so 20 years on the Lakers. And so he feels almost like family. So, you know, and we, I think put Kobe on this kind of pedestal, you know, because we love the guy, right? We love his work ethic. We love his heart. You know, he wears it on the sleeve. He'll, he'll throw up the last shot or whatever, you know, he'll live or die with that, you know? And I think we appreciate that, that type of mentality, the attack mode, you know, he goes in, LeBron's a completely different player. LeBron's not like that. He's a completely different player. Um, But I've always respected what LeBron's done still. And 
I never wanted to face him in, in Miami. When him and D. Wade were doing their thing, man, they were just running down the court like doing big old outlets. Dude, it was just nuts. That was some good basketball yeah. to watch. Prime, <laughs> I remember the Prime ways. Dwayne Wade, and prime Chris Bosh, yeah. and prime LeBron James. Dude, it was like not even fair. They were like launching outlets like from court to court, like courtside to courtside. Finishing in layups or dunks. Yeah. One. Crazy stuff, right? And then when he goes to the Cavaliers, you know, I didn't know if he was going to be able to work with um, uh, Kyrie like he the way he did, but Kyrie he was able to you know work with LeBron and 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 put in his two cents too, and they got a chip, whatever. The Lakers were bad for this last ten years, dude. It was a long, long ten years of just being bad. I, I mean, I'm here. I am talking to Mark, right? <laughs> Mark. Mark is like 10 years of nothing, dude. Yeah. Mark's a longtime Nick fan. So he's st- still going through. 10 years is a long time to him, huh? I I, I completely respect that because um, it's, you know, when's the last time when's the last time we won a chip? Uh, 73? 73? Hey, the closest we were was 99? You guys had some fire with Linsanity, though. That Like around that time, it was like. Yeah. That was. That after Linsanity, we went to the Jason Kidd ran uh, the Jason Kidd ran era of point guard. He was run, he was running point for us for a little bit. Yeah, man, 50, 50, game, 50 uh, win game season that in twenty thirteen, and for seven years they haven't loved me back. After that, let's just close <laughs> it like that. So um, I, I guess what I was trying to finish on my point and mm-hmm. saying that I I am not. It's going to be hard for somebody like me to put him in the GOAT category passing Michael Jordan right now as it stands. Um, And uh, I know he's now added a lot to his resume, winning a chip in the West Coast. And I'm not diminishing at that at all. You know, to me, there's no asterisk. You know, people try to put an asterisk. Definitely not. Okay, it's so, harder to win a chip now. Yeah, and, and it's even playing field for everybody. Everybody had an equal opportunity to equally win it. You know, same time frame, whatever. It's it, there's no boost, you know, to that just because. Yeah, it's if, if if anything, the the teams that weren't invited to the bubble were statistically out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So it's the creme de la creme that go to Florida mm-hmm. and play to 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 win. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot I, of people are going to say, well. Golden State wasn't at their wasn't at their mightiest or whatever. Okay, well, too too freaking bad because that's how basketball is. Steph was out with an injury. Clay was out. He was out for the whole season because of the, the he tore his ACL in the playoffs. And then they didn't have Kevin Durant, so even even Kevin Durant's Brooklyn Nets team was out for a little for a little while without any of that. So this was a legit time for LeBron to secure based on injuries and just fatigue of what Golden State did in four you five four and five years. Yeah. That takes a lot of basketball out of you. That well that takes a lot of health out of you. Mm-hmm. The, the the range of injuries. So with Golden State out of the equation with and every and you know with KD taking a you know taking a break too cuz he was injured himself. This was prime time for LeBron to mm-hmm. rise up to where he needed to be in the West. Yeah. So the only objective that he'd have to face, you know, would be, you know, everyone in the West, still tough, still a tough conference. But then even after that's all done, he's going to be playing the best team in the Eastern Conference yeah, in I the finals. Like, I feel like even if it wasn't uh, a shortened season due to COVID, I feel like 
they would have been in a pretty good position to still be where they're at. Even even so, I feel like they would have been if it was just everything the same, everything was normal, full regular season, I feel like they still would have had a really good chance to still be in the same spot that they're in right now. Yeah, even if the Clippers were in front of them. Yeah. I, I still would give that game. To, I would still give all that game to L.A. Yeah, because L.A. was looking good. Like, yeah. I was watching their games. They looked like they were in sync, all of them, you know. Um, so, I feel that that doesn't really matter. No. The thing that might shut everybody up, though, is them doing it again. I think that that's very po- a very likely scenario that they could run it back. A lot of teams that win the championship typically are either, if not running it back, they're at least in the finals again. So that's another possibility too we might see. Yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoy the fact that LeBron did it within two seasons. Yeah, that's cool too. I, you know me within every fiber of my being. I love the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. It is just... It's gotten me out of it like like pro wrestling. It's gotten me out of a tough spot of just it, it's been my it's been my zone. Like, if, if LeBron gets another ring, is he better than Jordan? No, absolutely you still wouldn't not. put him better mm-hmm. than Jordan. Mm-hmm. A lot of people already there. He's there right now. Like you match up, Robin. I give him the ability to. I give him all, the the one edge I give him over over Mike is the ability to just. The ability to come out of crazy situations and just the come out of crazy situations that Jordan wouldn't be in first mm-hmm. and foremost. Jordan never needed a game seven. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, what you're but saying. for what really got me as a strong point for LeBron is that he beat a 73, uh, what was it, a 70, 73 and nine Golden State team down from 3 1. He beats him in four straight games. And uh, secures a title for Cleveland, so that tells that right at that point is like there's there's nothing you can say that's ever going to 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 threaten this man ever again because of what he did. Uh-huh. He's automatically top five. Yeah. He's already t- like with this championship secure. He's already top five. What, what if he gets six rings? If he gets six rings and ties that up, he's on level with he's on level with Mike, and then everyone's gonna microman will micro. Yeah, statistically micromanage everything at that point. Uh-huh. But everyone's going to hate the story of him going to Miami, leaving to Cleveland, mm-hmm. well, from Cleveland to Miami to Cleveland, and then back to LA for a cup of coffee, yeah. probably probably nipping in the, in the bud. And I'm hearing in different sport gr- sports groups that he wants to go back to Cleveland. Like, dude, chill. Like, just, <laughs> just, I hate all this crap. Yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah. times where I'm, I'm in the same sports group as you, <laughs> yeah. and I'm just hearing all this, like, crap. He wants to go back to Cleveland. Yeah, it's like, what, what are you talking about? I know. Everything's, like, perfect right now. He's, like, yeah. you know, his son's in the, in the league in L.A. and everything. So the, um, the beauty about all this is that – so we have LeBron securing a title for LA. I'm sure you're ecstatic. I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah, um, I am happy about that. The I know I know my brother's elated as well. Um, for, I feel like LA this. just needed it, dude. LA's yeah, been through dude. it for Kobe. Yeah, that's all. That's all it is yeah. for Kobe. That hurt. That hurt. And now we can even touch base on. It took LeBron two trips to get to the finals, but now he ended up in that same two trips. Yeah. Goes and wins the championship. The first year was all fun. You know, he was Trying showing to everything up. out. He got injured. He was he making some cameos. You know, he got injured, making some cameos, doing some yeah. filming. And who could forget the best comeback of all time with LeBron is his hairline. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know, like <laughs> it's, that's what uh, and, LA and then does. Also, too, they got rid of um, they got they, they did an overhaul and got rid of uh, Lonzo Ball. Um, who else? Brandon uh, Ingram. Ingram. Um, you know, and at first that was a big thing too because they were like, "How are you going to trade all these dudes for AD?" Like, and they were all they were starting. It was starting to implode. Actually, it was starting to backfire in the Lakers' face because. It got out. It got leaked, leaked by somebody. I don't know. Somebody leaked it though, and um, probably from Pelicans um, base. But they leaked it. It blew up in our face. So I almost thought that that ruined it. I thought it wasn't going to happen because that was pretty bad. You know, a bad way. But the basketball gods somehow worked it in, in our favor again. You know, the Lakers. The Lakers always fall forward. You know that. Like every time we mess up, we always seem to stumble our way back to the championship, which is a weird they, thing. They end up making it, man. Yeah, very they, weird. There's not, there's not a, a a long period of time to where you guys are back in prominence. Yeah, there's you guys will secure the the best player every five years. You guys will secure a top ten player. Adding AD and LeBron to this long legacy of legends is just crazy insane dude like, yeah fisher go madsen the- fisher shut up. fisher madsen <laughs> chris mim <laughs> chucky atkins oh, anthony davis LeBron. Dude, i forgot his name right now he used to be on the bench he used to shoot the guns yeah he, he was a ball-headed dude i forgot his name he was a center he was like during our during this last decade of one so of our do, oh you're talking about um not boozer the whole oh, Carlos Boozer. I mean, you guys, <laughs> he had a cup of coffee with LA. Yeah. Anyways, it's you're not talking about. It. It's all right. Just let it go, dude. It's not even worth. Watch. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get it at the very end. So we have we have the Dodgers winning it, but this time yeah. it took on the opposite end of what we had with uh, with the Lakers. Yeah, it took them several trips to to finally win in the World Series, and we yeah. were watching. We watched them. Blow it and uh, blow the Boston series. Yeah. We had Yasiel Puig hit a jack and actually come within close distance to actually do something about Dude, it. I, I love those years with Yasiel Puig. Robert man. Sacre. Uh, yeah. Robert Sacre Robert is that Sacre. guy. Center. <laughs> the long list of le- yeah. legends. <laughs> Robert Sacre. Le- legends. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Don't ever pop in with Robert Sacre in the mid sentence about Come Roger. sit with us, had the mention of Robert Sacre. <laughs> now he's going to toss a turn into sleep tonight. <laughs> So, um, with what we have with the uh, the Dodgers winning Space it, Jam too, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Oh man! Well, they need people to clean up the set, so I, I know he'd he'd be there. Um, I, I, you and I are actually, and the audience, as a matter of fact, are in rarefied air in this situation because we've normally the Lakers would have been crowned the champs sometime in around June. Mm-hmm. That's when the right. finals end. Right. And sometime in uh, October is where the World Series would, would finally end. Yeah. But in this instance, I think it is amazing to have this surge of where two, like it's like two suns it's like, like forming like this on. binary star <laughs> of just like, of just attention to the, yeah. to, to LA in terms of, it's like two electrons or something like yeah just somehow just, forming into one to make or... it something bigger <laughs> it's beautiful to see because you'll never we'll never get this again if i mean, I mean unless they have like a covid 20 or something yeah but um well if the knicks could only get a championship during uh, the yankees years you and know? i i'm not ready i i already <laughs> told myself and i promised myself to do this if the knicks 
ever get to the finals. It'll happen. It'll if they happen. ever get to the finals, I'm buying the whole series tickets, and I don't care how much it is. It'll and happen. I'm literally going to Your owner's to just going to have to step down or something. But it'll Oh, happen. yeah. James Dolan has to... I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Because here, I at work, yeah, I wear my Knicks hat. Okay. Like, it's... it's, it's well, I'm outside all day. I'm wearing a hat. Like, I'm never... I'm not yeah. just going to go out and just get sunburned on my face. Right. I'm wearing a Knicks hat. And, you know, the three questions that people always ask me, are you from New York? Why are you a Knicks fan? Are you a Knicks they fan? They can't and I'm understand like, or fathom the fact that you would just, you chose your team. Yeah. Like I willingly like chose this be, team. You have to be born out of LA or something. So. And, and see, that's what I tell them yeah. too, is that I tell them, I feel that I don't deserve the accolades. I don't deserve the LA. I don't deserve the LA, the LA red carpet. Yeah. yeah. Like this is, that's not my, t- I just yeah. felt it was genuinely not my team. Mm-hmm. You know, Denny, uh, my brother has, you know, he's a, he's a Lakers fan beyond Lakers fans. He is, he loves that team. Mm-hmm. My brother, uh, for some reason likes the Chicago bulls. So that's cool with him. Yeah. Um, and so with, you guys are kind of spread out. You, with, like, you know, we're all like different Midwest divisions. and the West. Yeah. He's the Midwest division. I got the Atlantic <laughs> division and my brother got the Pacific division. Um, but yeah, we're, it's the thing is, is that I feel like in my instance, it's like, I just didn't feel like going back to back to back. That's all good, you know, for LA and then, but I just didn't feel like it was my team. You know, like the Lakers weren't my team at all. No, so choosing the Knicks to me was just one of those things where it's like, you know what? This is something I have to put my focus on. When did you on. make that decision anyway? I never knew that. Like when you actually did decide to be a Nick fan, like when was that? When did that happen? That had have been 2007, 2008. When I, when I actually was a part of my Nick, like fully in my Nick fandom. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to say I was playing with them on NBA live 2005. Okay. So I think little by little it just came from there, but like just playing with them on NBA Live is different yeah. than being a fan. Yeah, yeah. But um, but I say the the seeds were f- truly planted in 07 and 08, and like the the shorts that I usually wear, the Adidas shorts, those are from like the 08 season. Those are mm-hmm. like almost done. Like I I feel bad throwing <laughs> basketball shorts away, <laughs> yeah. and I just. Uh, I dude, I have so much Nick. I have so much Nick's merch. <laughs> well, I remember didn't they people... retweet you one time when you had like so much uh, Nick merch on? Then oh no, I'm was... I'm actually an an official super fan according to the Nick's Facebook page. Yeah, like yeah. that's I'm immortalized yeah, on the there. Facebook page for sure. Yeah, but I people think I wear the same shorts every day. Oh. Like I have multiple <laughs> pairs of the same shorts, just because they're comfortable. Right, I like repping my team. And they have pockets in them. If you mm-hmm. wear shorts with no pockets in them, you already you already screwed yourself. Yeah, it's but like, shorts no but pockets. like people seriously think I like have these shorts and then those Adidas shorts and those are it. No, I have multiple pairs of the same shorts. Mm. If I had it my way, I'd wear basketball shorts the rest of my life. Like there's no <laughs> like weddings, funerals. Dude. Like I'd wear black <laughs> shorts for funerals. I'd have some respect, but I mean, it's, yeah. Why wear anything else in Southern California? It is hot. Yeah. It is, it, you want to really get, you go to, when you go to Florida, Isaiah, if you ever end up going, you're, you're going to want to pack some basketball shorts. Yeah. You don't yeah, want to yeah, be like me, advice. the idiot going to the magic kingdom wearing pants when it's like the middle of September okay. and you're I'll sweating in places advice. you didn't know you could sweat in. Right. Right. But, right. um, so yeah, going back to the, the, 
the melding moment of you'll never see this again because the Dodgers and Lakers win in such close proximity and it, it, it can't happen again, especially with what the regular season schedule should have been. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's cool to see that. I'm happy for L.A. I'm happy for you in terms of L- uh, the Lakers winning it. Where did you celebrate or did you were you here at the house or where, um, where did you end up going? No, I ended up having to watch it on my phone. Um, and then uh, after I found out they won, um, I just kind of like pigged out. You know, I've been... I've been pretty careful on what I've been eating lately, but when I found out they won, I was like, this is something to celebrate, you know? So I think I got some wings or something like that. I ordered some wings and just like kind of picked out a little bit that day because they won. Uh, and it, that's the other thing too, is it like, I wanted to know, are they doing a parade or something? Like, are they going to do something? Cause that's usually what comes next is like a big, you know, celebration, but because of these times and stuff, it's different now. So we don't really get that. I don't know what, I don't know if they are planning to do. I don't know if they did or did something or not, but I just know that, um, that's one thing I, I do miss is that seeing that happen. But, um, I was very ecstatic about it. I'm even happy about the Dodgers too, because I feel like the Dodgers have been done wrong, you know, with that news coming about, about the Astros, yeah. you know, knowing their signals and everything. And that, that was to me that that's kind of lame. And there's it's, not a lot of wiggle room with cheating in basketball yeah. unless the refs are involved. Yeah. But when it comes to, there's a lot more leeway when it comes to cheating in baseball. Yeah. There's some, there's some things you can get away with without getting caught. Mm-hmm. But with Houston doing to that extent of whatever they did. That's low As far to as me. like, oh dude, that's, yeah. to me, there should be, they should be stripped of the title. And not saying it should go to the Dodgers. That's, no, they didn't win it. Yeah. You know, you still have to win. To me, that's where the asterisk would really be on as a team like that, that would do such like, and it sucks for Kershaw too, because they were, they were on Kershaw <laughs> so hard. Racked, and that, that and hurt him psychologically. Yeah. Psychologically that, that, I mean, can you just imagine like, dude, am I washed up? Like all the questions that come out, you know, he started questioning himself and putting yeah. on live press and saying, maybe what they say about me is true. And I'm like, dang. Right. Dude. And then when you're on, when you're on the, the mound like that and you're the one that's pitching, you, there's already a lot going through your mind. And just, that's just another added you know, uh, extra thing that you're trying to like overcome is the fact that you're not washed up and you still got it, you know? So I'm very, I'm very, even though I'm not a Dodger fan, I still am happy to see that arc for Kershaw and also for the Dodger fans and community and stuff like that. Um, you know, I probably would have been a Dodger fan myself if I had not chosen earlier before they were all hot and everything. If I had not chosen myself earlier to be a fan of the angels and, I'm not the type that's going to now jump bandwagons just because the Dodgers are hot now. Like I'm going to ride and die like with the angels, unless the angels move, you know, across town or go to Las Vegas, maybe then I might because of that scenario. But right now, as it stands they're where they're at and I'm going to have to ride and die with that decision. Like I'm following them. So, but I am happy for the Dodgers though. And that they're, they had a, a nice comeback story and who knows they could even go back to back too. So, and it's hard to win a, to win, um, to go back to back world series. Yeah. That, that, that's hard task. It it doesn't, it doesn't happen unless you're no injuries. Yeah. And the pitching has to be on point. It's a long season, you know, and it's, there's a lot of things that kind of have to, I, I, to me, it's like fantasy. It's like, it's a long season. 
who you draft isn't going to be who you end up with. There's going to be trades and things that have to come along the way, and there's going to be injuries and things, stuff you have to kind of maneuver. But, you know, uh, they have been successful in, in making appearances um, uh, pretty uh, far in the postseason. So, you know, uh, but I'm glad that they accomplished what they did and happy for them and for all the Dodger fans. I, I saw so many posts about this, like, People were just like in tears, you know. There was like it's about time, man. The last time they know, won a World Series was nineteen eighty eight. When we were born, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that is very crazy, dude. I'm yeah, very very happy for the Dodgers. So the one thing that we have to hope for here on Come Sit with Us uh, is the New York Knicks winning uh, an NBA Finals in my <laughs> lifetime. That's or, where we're subliminally left yeah. off with. Yeah. If I'm on my deathbed. And the Knicks are in the finals. I'm wheeling. I don't know how I'm wheeling myself to the Garden to watch them play. I need that taken care of. I don't know who's going to fulfill that wish. I think I have to put that in my uh, my estate. Anyway, uh, congratulations to the Lakers. Congratulations to the uh, Dodgers. But now Isaiah, before we went on air, you were telling me you're taking yourself on this new venture with um, a certain genre of movies, and I felt. That the studio, I wish there was a studio audience. Jeez, I keep saying that there's keep, a studio audience. I keep feeling like we're in Orlando, Florida. Every time you say that, too, because I'm thinking like Nickelodeon <laughs> studio audience. Oh man, rest in peace, Sean Connery. Yeah, that's another guy. That's another one. The game is on. Bond, James oh, yeah. Bond. Sheesh. Dude, that dude was a man, dude. Ninety years old, still. The way he brought that character to life whole different type of hero like we've never seen before on uh, on camera uh we're so used to you know the hero being uh you know almost like a, a superman in spandex whatever and you know sean connery brought this character to life where a secret like, agent you want to root for yeah so much class and style you know he was his name's very simple james bond but yet there's so much crazy and adventurous stuff that's going on that he's you know, that he's doing, you know, he'll be skydiving one moment and then he'll be busting like, you know, three sixties in a, in a, a sick, sick convertible, you know, with, with a, with a chick or something. And, you know, just, he's just a verbal, yeah. uh, you know, mastineer. Like it he's, went to, yeah. Yeah. From Connery. Oh, who, I don't, there was I mean, a guy in between. I, I forget his name too. Roger Moore. Yeah. I just know all the like most of the bonds. It's gonna be uh, Pearson is another. He, yeah, he Pierce Brosnan, Daniel Craig. You yeah, had Sean Connery. Um, uh, you had uh, Roger Moore, of course, and then you had um, who's the most recent one though? Who's been playing him? Oh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig has done an awesome job. I feel like too. I think he's done a great job. Yeah, absolutely. And so far doing it. Um, is he gonna do another one? Yeah, he has a uh, uh, no time to, I think a time to kill. I think oh, that's, that's the new it. ones coming out. That'd so yeah, one. it kind of sucks too because he's really reluctant to play Bond, but he's yeah. been he's he makes Pierce Brosnan's Bond look like just the toughest sob that there is. Yeah, you know, I mean, within we could talk about this all day, but within twenty minutes of Casino Royale, he's he's going neck neck to neck with some like parkour expert. Yeah. Like over in this uh over in this construction site just trying to <laughs> trying to apprehend him. It's pretty cool to watch. Yeah. Um but yeah, Sean Connery is it was a pleasure pl- pleasure yeah, to sure. watch. I mean the Highlander to playing Indiana Jones' dad, uh to yeah. 
to a lot of other a lot of other important roles within uh, within theater and uh, and uh, cinema. So yeah. yeah, may he rest in peace as well. So speaking about the movies, which kind of sidetracked us to to do that little uh, moment for Sean Connery. You're you're watching horror movies now. You're you're yeah. getting back you're getting back into it, or are you doing this yeah. for the first time? You know, I've been watching I've been watching uh, a lot of the great movies that have ever been made because I want to make sure that I watch those. And so I've been I've been googling what's what's the best movies of all time. So I've been going in down terms this list, of horror, just in terms of just all time. Oh, got it. Got so it, I got started it. down that list, right? So then I realized though, as I was going down that list, I'm like, wait a minute, I haven't really watched a lot of horror films. And that in itself is a whole other list. So I started watching um, uh, films. I started with The Poltergeist. Wow, you went in really good with that. I did, yeah. Crazy, I, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it, and it, it's weird because I didn't even know that Spielberg did this movie. Uh, so I went in like, oh, dang, Spielberg did this? Like I was like tripping out. And it's not your conventional type of horror film. You know, it it's, it could seem like it, it's going to be like a... Uh, like a kid, you know, it's similar to like Stand By Me or not Stand By Me. Um, uh, it's similar to other kid films like E.T. It kind of has that feeling to it. Yeah, that kind of kind of that uh, wholesome feeling yeah, yeah, where it yeah, feels yeah, everything like the scene in E.T. Everything it's mostly nighttime, but it yeah. feels warm. It yeah, has that yeah. warm feeling. Yeah. Same thing with the Poltergeist. Yeah, and I I uh, I thought that was unique because I'm used to horror films going kind of like dark right away or whatever, and it did have its scene. But it still felt like you were given a chance to relate to these characters that were um, there. And so and then it goes from this like wholesome, warm feeling to all of a sudden, like, you know, spirits and like uh, these like, uh, I don't want demons within the television. Yeah. You know, there's uh, skeletons popping up and all this crazy stuff happening. Um, And then you have the famous line, you know, they're here, whatever. And they're like, she's like, why'd you say that? Why'd you say that? You know, um, great film. Yeah, because the demons take possession of the kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a great film, and it, it kind of deals with the whole afterlife thing. I think the best scene out of that was when, like, the... I don't know what she is. I don't know if she's, like, a, she's some sort of... I don't know. She deals with the fifth kind. I don't know. She's, like, a, she's like some sort of medium or something. Anyway, she comes in. She's a little short lady, Um but I love the shots that he did in the scene because instead of just cutting from like person to person, he continues the shots and they the characters actually just take turns coming forward to the to the screen of wow. center. I love how they switch like that. Whoever's speaking comes in front of the screen. Well, it looks like they're moving forward, but yeah. it's over the shoulder of the character on the yeah, on yeah. the other side. So I thought that was just a a, a really great film uh, overall. Uh, I enjoyed it. So I went cool. from that. Uh, so you did Poltergeist. Did Poltergeist, and then what did, I, what did I watch after that? What are the movies? Midsummer. I watched Midsummer. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that was that was a pretty good one too. Um, a little far out. A little, yeah. a little far out and strange. More right? on the cultish area, area, you know. And uh, they start. It starts off just you know they're going with a friend, their buddy or whatever to go you know see um, his community that he lived with, and this guy's doing a piece like he's doing his. Um, his thesis he's doing his thesis and so he thought this would be great material and he goes there and you know it's already kind of weird and odd you know um they're all they're all dressed like they're at a kanye you know like a sunday service yeah yeah and i think the timing of that also kind of relates to everything like when that was coming out but 
it ends up getting very strange, um, you know, to say the least. Yeah. yeah, To say the least. Uh, so, uh, I felt that that was a good one as well. Um, what are some of your favorite ones, Mark, that you, so with me, I'm really, I'm not really fond of straight up horror. I like, I, I don't, I don't like getting scared. Um, which is why I kind of, it's kind of the ironic thing because I love doing Horror Nights. Yeah. But I, as I mentioned in the previous episodes, I use Horror Nights to get all my fears and scares out. Yeah. I'd rather pay to get it done than just getting scared in real life and having all that happen. But um, I've slowly, um, I've slowly crept my toes into, into good movies like Sinister. Sinister with Ethan, Ethan Hawke, where he actually is a horror writer. And he actually moves into this new house where he ends up finding out some like dastardly stuff ended up happening with the family that used to live there. And a twist at the end that you do not see coming. And it is so good. Sinister is really good. Um, But so I I really recommend that one. And all the Conjuring ones are good, too. But those are just bubblegum horror movies. You know, these aren't those aren't going to be. Ones that really, really stand the test of time. You know, you're talking your exorcism, your poltergeists, um, Amityville Horrors. Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. Like those quintessential ones. Um, The ones that I've been creeping onto and just enjoyed. I love the first Alien movie. Oh, Alien. That's a great movie. And one other movie is John Carpenter's The Thing. Mm -hmm. The Thing. If you haven't seen The Thing. I haven't seen The Thing. Oh, dude. It is really good so you feel the you feel you feel the the desolate uh because they're they're actually uh over in not they're over over in a distant i think it's like part of the north pole or something because they end up they end up going they end up talking about like a base in norway or something like that so they're like in this this uh basically where santa claus would live in the middle of nowhere but a bunch of ice everywhere (laughs) but they're dealing with this organism that can replicate anything it comes in contact with. Mm. And it's up to uh, Kurt, the character that Kurt Russell plays to try to thwart uh, Kurt Russell and his crew that come in, uh, that actually uh, uh, get introduced to this organism. Mm. The, the, the back, the backstory after you end up educating yourself after the movie incredible there's a lot of questions that come after the film that you would like to it's a very engaging film similar to that of similar to that of shutter the ending of shutter island where we're trying to figure out a did uh did it was andrew crazy or was he actually smart the whole time and then he kind of leads you on like that there's a lot of definite things that you can go back and check on same thing with inception you know you're left with the the, uh, cobb's totem yeah uh just spinning just spinning and and you figure hey what's going to go on with that they close off right um this the thing the thing definitely requires um well what doesn't necessarily require it i'll take that back but you'll be so involved after the movie ends you want to know more Mm. and that's the best part about the thing is that it's just an incredible sci-fi movie with a very, very good practical effects. You will, you'll like it. Um, but going even, even with Alien, I'll even just go Alien's with Alien great. because yeah. Alien, 
isn't like Aliens and then Alien 3. Mm-hmm. Alien itself is like this slasher flick in outer space. Aliens is more of a, directed by James Cameron, by the way, uh, more of like an action-centered uh, sequel, but this one by itself. I think the score tied to that is great, too, the way it makes it very yeah, in dramatic the beginning, or man. intense. With, yeah. with the tagline, you see yeah. the, the, you know, if you see the OG Alien theater poster, you just see mm-hmm. this egg glowing green you just see alien at the bottom and it says in space no one can hear you scream oh great my line gosh. great line great and line. so here we are with this with the with the future and again i mentioned this before in several other podcasts but really scott has this great ability to give you a future no matter what time and place you're at with aliens blade runner prometheus to give you a future that'll never come so it's always going to be good to watch. It's never going to be dated. Yeah. No, I, I, re- I recently watched it. I don't feel that it was dated either. Like it still holds, holds up even the scenery. Like, you know, I think they did a great job in making the depth and stuff that made it look really realistic. And even that I, I feels is holding up. You still. feel confined the whole time. Yeah. You feel yeah. like you're in the bowels of the engineering room or if you're in the upper deck with all the, with all the people there. Yeah. Um, you get you get to know a lot about the characters too, in just that one short scene of them having lunch or whatever. You still get enough to understand who, what, what characters are, or who are who, um, who's who, and, and you feel enough in that scene where you know that character, so you you do feel some sort of um, tie to them. So that's been my bag. Mm-hmm. It's been sci-fi horror, sci-fi. I like that because you know you end up getting the nerdy yeah. tech stuff, yeah. but then you also get you know a little bit of a little bit of the horror mixed in as well. So I I've been enjoying that myself. That was a great one. Uh, and my my favorite recently has been The Shining. I I never seen the film you know until this year. Right when I seen that film, I think just. Just, just cinematically, the the picture, uh, uh, like the beginning shot, so grand. Yeah, it, it is. It's just it sticks to me. Like I just remember that car driving on that lonely road, you know, that thin winding road, and it's just a big shot, and you could just tell. And then know, it the, go. It pans out to the overlook at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it feels so isolating. Um, and they, and when they're watching over this hotel, you know, because it's during a, a slow, slow season or whatever, where people don't come so much. You know, they're supposed to just, you know, just supposed to take over, take over, you know, just supposed to watch the hotel, make sure things are fine. And it just slips into like insanity almost. The, the guy gets obsessed, you know. Um, but the, the, the score on that, too, is like a it's like a slow heartbeat sound that's like a constant like. And it's just like that is hard to wipe from my memory because. The imagery along with that score of and the kid on the bike, it's like it it forever is almost ingrained in my mind now. Those images. I don't feel like uh like it was um uh just like I feel like it was a slow winding to that point, to that crescendo of him, you know, slashing open the door or whatever. Yeah. I feel like it, it was a nice build into that point when yeah. it starts to that's where you really a felt, nice little summon into the madness yeah, right you, that's where you feel the scariness there she is you know trying to who better who that. better to play the role of jack oh. than jack nicholson man <laughs> jack the jack right yeah yeah though you're right though um at that point he coming into his own in the early uh into the uh early mid 70s 
uh, with that. And he did a really great job in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest as yeah, well. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So it's always, a, it's always a pleasure to see young Jack Nicholson because, I mean, the ones that... The, Early ones that we got uh, was 88 Batman. Mm-hmm. And then from then on, I mean, we ended up like, as good as it gets. Uh, anger yeah. management. We don't get it much. Yeah. We, all we have is old Jack Nicholson is what I want to say. Yeah. But it's cool to see. It's cool to see Jack Nicholson just prime in his own. Yeah. Just making making Shelley Duvall's life miserable at the Overlook Hotel. It's pretty mm-hmm. interesting how they made the hotel kind of like the scary elements that you know, just being in a hotel, it's almost like the whole hotel is haunted. So it like, and, and it's like a living thing where it's watching you, you know, and it's so, there's something about that. I think that gives that, that creepy feeling of like, you know, you're always kind of being watched and, you know, you're staying in this hotel and you're basically in their court, you know, in the hotel's court. Right. And yeah. So there's a lot of illusions and things like that that go on and stuff. So with, so with you diving into horror like this, do you feel that you were missing? Do you feel that you were missing out from actually oh, yeah. getting a good start on? Oh yeah, there's. I mean, these any of these films that we just mentioned, the horror side. I mean, any of them can be in the in the top list of greatest movies of all time too. Like in their own right, you know. Um, and I think the the only reason that they're probably not is because certain films are kind of setting the precedent to either the way they're being shot. And there's a lot of films that have come after it that have borrowed similar techniques and stuff like that. So they're kind of, uh, they're kind of just over time ingrained in, in, in in history of being one of the all time greats because so many films have borrowed from that. Um, But, you know, each one of these films that we just mentioned I can't even say anything bad about them. They're, they're just very, and I, that's why I think you would have to have your own list really of like horror films of all time. Greatest. I mean, that would be its whole own thing. There's this one film that I recently watched called parasite. So I don't know if you've seen it, but it started to see, I haven't finished it though. So what, what it starts out as is not what it finishes out to be. (laughs) I'll tell you that it yeah. is one of the greatest surprises of the the 2020s to me. And I know that it came out in, I want to say, I think it's 2019's yeah. Best Picture, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, so it's a foreign film, though, but it's still... It's it's still amazing. It's amazing cinema. Yeah, I started watching. And I noticed that. I mean, it, it is. Did you get past like the second act, or was it just? I don't think so. No. Okay. I think it was kind of slow to the start. So you, I, I feel like I had a. There was too much things going on, so I feel like I had to stop in and watch it on on some down my alone downtime. So yeah, you'll you'll truly enjoy it. But the one thing is, is that it it's a really emotionally taxing movie. Okay. It's one of those movies where it's like you. It's like. Um, it's just really, it just, it takes a lot out of you to watch because it's just, it, it drains you out emotionally. Mm. So it's kind of like, um, there's, I mean, watching, even when you're a little kid watching my girl, watching Macaulay Culkin die because of yeah. all those bees, boom. Yeah. That's one of, that's, that's one there. 
Um, but it's like one of those emotionally taxing kind of movies that it's just like you can only watch it every so often because you know what you're going to see and you know what you're up against watching it. You know, not like a horror movie because a horror movie you could rewatch all the time. So you'll see the you'll see the scares that's over with. Yeah. But with a movie like, um, with a movie that involves like one of the characters getting really sick, or just like you know the inevitable of what's going to go on with this character, mm-hmm. like his his or her ordeals. It's mm-hmm. one of those kind of movies where it's like, oh man, like I like the movie, but it's. It does it does a lot for me in the in the uh, wears me down emotionally kind yeah. of thing. So it's oh. it's gonna be the same thing because it, it involves it involves a lot of people within the film. So hmm. well, it's good it's good talking movies with you on that, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad uh, I'm glad you're finally getting into that. I There's mean, a lot I, of good ones. Yeah. So I mean, I know I'm gonna rewatch rewatch uh, the Poltergeist. I'll trade you for the thing. All right, watch that. You'll you'll like it one hundred percent. It's an amazing, an amazing film. It's one of my favorites. It, Alien and and the thing always creep into my top ten because it's like, yeah, Alien was really good, dude. I recently watched that one again. Yeah, really good film, man. So, I wanted to close off, come sit with us on this uh, this one thing that was really getting to me because it's November first, or we're closing in on election day. Yeah. Um, this goes out to all the people that have this whole idea of if you vote for, or if your political ties go towards, you know, someone, him or, or the other guy, if you vote for the other guy, then we're no longer friends. Yeah. You know, and I'm not even going to name names. I'm not here to advertise political, political parties, you know? To our mass audience here, at come sit with us. But, ladies and gentlemen, if you yourself are one of these people that have this this edict that you put up recently of saying we are no longer friends if you support so and so, whether it be Republican, Democrat, maybe you're even a, a sympathizer of the Soviet Union. Um. All that doesn't matter. I mean, if they're really your friends, their political opinion is their own business. If they decide to put it out there, it remains their business. For you to get involved and for you to intrude and say, hey, look, just because you, if these are what your political ties are about, I'm I'm no longer friends with you. Maybe you just needed an excuse to just cut them out of your lives and you're using that. I Maybe I'm, I'm guessing... Because it's like, Isaiah, our political opinions differ some of the times. I'm not yeah. saying all the times. We don't really agree on most uh, on most things yeah. uh, from time to time. Yeah, yeah. We we but we have we have our differences in, in those things. So, I mean, I mean, I like left twigs. You like right twigs. Mm-hmm. But that's still, you know, we're, yeah. we're still friends at the end of the day. Yeah. Um. But, but that goes to more to your point is they might have a, even a reason just to kind of just cut them off, cut them off because, and, and you I'm know, we would be it. an example of the opposite of that. You know, we have a, a deeper depth to our friendship. So those differences, there's not going to be a reason to cut you or I off because I mean, those are aside from, you know, and that's fine for you to have your own ideas, your own opinions and beliefs. That's fine. And for me, it's the same thing for you, I'm sure. So 
you know that that's an example uh, yeah and and so so with political ties and stuff that's just you know that's scratching the surface of knowing a person yeah i recently and i don't really block a lot of people on social media or whatever but Mm -hmm. i remember i recently befriended uh somebody like two or three years ago he was an aspiring pro wrestler i believe he tried out for the independent promotion that I was um, selling my merch at. Yeah. And he ended up adding me on social media and just, you know, we like to talk wrestling and I'd follow him back and it had me blocking him had nothing to do with political ties or any of that. But when the recent news came out to where some random dude just gunned down those two police officers that were chilling in the, in their police cruiser. Yeah. This guy was like all for it. And I'm saying like, I'm glad those pigs got shot. Like, heinous shit. Mm-hmm. And th- that was like, that's all I needed to see about this guy. Because it was just like, I ended up finding out this guy's just a POS. Mm-hmm. Like, th- for you to have, for you to wish death upon somebody that you don't know. That's when it's like that. Yeah. So when it comes to politics or, or, I mean, when it comes to even politics, it's it's it shares the same vein of of what you prefer as far as condiments, you know, it's kind of like that kind of stuff. (laughs) But, um, but it's like, it shouldn't, that should never affect friendships. That should Mm -hmm. never affect anything uh, when it comes to uh, true friendships on that, on that respect. So it's like true friendships. Yeah. um, Going back to the main point that I have for you guys to come sit with us. it's, It's make sure to, Stand, stand your ground to whatever you believe in politically. Your every the cream will rise to the top in terms of your true friends and who you who you prefer uh, to to spend your time with. Mm-hmm. You know, life life is very short. I choose to spend it with friends like Isaiah, friends like Andre, and all the other collective people that I decide to spend my time with. But when it comes to political your your political outlines and stuff to me that's just good talk but then after it's like okay we're we're above that in terms of i'm not gonna say isaiah if you if you are with uh sympathizing with this candidate we you and i are no longer friends that's never gonna be the conversation i'm gonna have with you or people of even just acquaintances that i meet on social media so i just hope people could take that as an example is like uh that we don't really need to, to exercise that and to do that. I, to me, it just, it just, there's a lot more to, there's a lot more substance to everybody because we all walk unique walk of life. Yeah. And for you to, for you to just come across with this rule of like X nang everybody you don't want to deal with <laughs> based on the political party, just, it just, confuses me you know um, so i i hope everyone can just slow the roll yeah and and actually not do that at all that's kind of one of the reasons i'm I'm glad it's all kind of the election time is very near now because we can kind of get move forward you know because there's a lot it, during election time it, there's usually much even more debate you know um the way i see it is that I, I i look at it as you know people have their perspectives and i'm sure Everybody has good intentions with what they believe, their opinions even 
on things like I may not be Democrat, but I understand why somebody can be Democrat. And I think as long as we educate ourselves and we know our own reasons for why we are, then I think that's the safe bet because, you know, if I get questioned, I'll at least know why I stand where I stand. And there's going to be some principle, some reason to that, you know, for me to just kind of go with the crowd. Oh, just because, you know, it's popular, it's easy, it's cool to, to be against somebody. I'm not going to follow that. I'm going to look at my, look into it myself and, you know, and have some evidence or some reasons to why I'm going to stand this way. I'm not just going to go just because, oh, uh, it, it's, it's cool to, to diss, you know, this president or it's, or, uh, or go with the easy trend. You know, I feel like for, for all sides, you know, if you're a Democrat, same thing, you know, why are you a Democrat? And you have to ask yourself those questions. Why do I identify with this? What values do I have and why am I doing it? And also too, I just feel like there has to be common ground, you know, even though, there might not be a hundred percent agreement. You can still work with somebody. And that's the only way our country is going to work. If, if we keep having this tug of rope game and keep getting further and further and further out, it it's at one, at some point it's going to, it's going to fail. It's going to crash. And it's, that's going to just hurt both of us. Um, so I agree with Mark that before we start just X name everybody, just because they don't agree uh, with our, you know, opinions or stances or whatever like that. Um, you know, just be just for political policies or whatever. I, I don't feel like that's a, a great enough reason to, to just, you know, it, uh, to cut somebody off. Um, unless it's sort of something like you were saying, Mark, where it's like, Oh, you know, that person should die or something, something like that. I understand that, but you know, understand that people have their perspectives. I'm sure they're coming with good intentions, you know, Maybe you don't want to hear all the rhetoric. That's fine. You, there's there's little things you could change in certain social platforms to not always see it on the top of your list. You know, maybe, um, and that's fine. Uh, what what I do sometimes is if I post something political, um, like on Instagram or something like that, I I don't make it available for everybody to see because I know certain people probably don't want to see my political opinion. And there's certain people who talk politically, so I'll let them see it because they talk politically and I'll talk politically and I'll let them. And see those it. are the people and, and you know, the, the people that you can have those conversations yeah. with and that's, right. see, that's the best part about right. you understanding all that, right. right? that there's times where it's like, well, we feel that, uh, you know, someone's alarms outside. <laughs> there's a riot right now in front of, I know exactly. In front of the studios here. No, it's the, um. But yeah, so that's good that you're actually able to feel, uh, uh, to assess all that and yeah. to know to save yourself the time and hassle. Because I know not everybody's going to want to hear, like, not everybody's going to agree with me. And also, too, on a meme, I mean, usually on a meme, it's so short and so, like, if if you're not this, you're that. It's like, so, and it's so black and white, like, and, and sometimes things are so nuanced. Things aren't as easy as that. A lot of things require context and commentary and you know, explanation and full background, you know, versus something being glossed over right through a yeah. meme. Yeah. And there's so much more to something than just to say, uh, I'm just going to use this for an example, defund the police. You can say that some people are going to feel triggered, whatever. There's more to this story. And it's hard to really convey that through one meme without kind of like, uh, 
without affecting someone. Yeah, affecting or triggering someone. Like me right now, I'm effective. I'm extremely sensitive about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Even though I mentioned the pretext of that, I'm just choosing one. <laughs> but I, I'm offended. I'm. I actually take great offense one. against pretexts. Uh, pretenses. Excuse me. That's tight. So. That's good. I'm glad that you're able to to filter through like that. And with me, I don't even delve in it at all. Like I would, pe- people will have a tough time trying to get my political my political viewpoints out of me. I don't want to have that conversation with anyone, just because that's, it's like yeah, that's, that's it's just it takes. I know what type of threshold it takes, and what type of conversation it's gonna have yeah. if I'm gonna have that conversation. And I know that there's certain people that. I can't have that conversation with. No, I, I am the same way too. I feel like I can't just have this conversation with anybody, like political conversations. I can't just have it with somebody I've already met. Like oh, no. sometimes maybe, but not really, not really. Uh, I, I always feel like I can have those kind of conversations with people I'm closer to or people I know, such as yourself. I mean, we can have those conversations. We don't typically do because we'll talk about other things that are more interesting, but um, I'm mean, not that politics isn't important, but it, it is, but I'm just saying, you know, the, the, when talking with, with somebody who's close to you or uh, you have a longer relationship with, those are the times when, you know, you can have those kind of conversations and it's it's kind of like we won't be offended uh, because we understand and we know each other uh, to to the fact that we realize we're not coming off of uh, bad intentions. Like we're not, you know, some evil political like uh, uh, pundit where we're. we're, we're 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 just honest and you know we feel a certain way and that's the way we we are that's beautiful because that actually that actually caps the point of uh the positive affirmation that we have you know come sit with us is that you know what you're able to assess who your friends are you are the bigger person if you just simply say that's cool that's cool what they think it's not my it's not my stance but, you know, I can, I'm bigger than that. So I wanted to make sure to close off with that, uh, with you guys. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another fantastic episode of Come Sit With Us. Episode 17, about yes. damn time because it's been a long, long time. time. We shouldn't have left you without a strong podcast to step to. So <laughs> I want to close off. I'm Mark Flores. And I'm Isaiah Martinez. And most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, be well.